WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are and it is awesome. Stratisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch, you hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. Ruthless aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and chewed tobacco. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This <laughs> What the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. Welcome to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out at YouTube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on RackRadioShow.com, WildTalkRadio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. You can also subscribe the regular way, follow the channel, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. I'm your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is the ever faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman, Sir Rockin'. We're using our music tonight. Tweet us at WildTalkRadio, at RackRadioShow, at Twitter, come to WildTalkRadio.com, RackRadioShow.com, or twitch.tv slash live and be a part of the the show and do the thing because that's where we're here we're live we're do- you, get, you have actual real music because we're celebrating 30 years of Monday Night Raw this Monday which will be live following at 11 p.m. Eastern for Raw post show but we're talking about it in the back half of the show and we're using music from the history of Monday Night Raw DMCA be damned DMCA be damned 
playing a video game. That's all. We're just playing a video game. You just can't see it. We, we are the video game, according to some <laughs> theories. So, you know, you take what you can get, I guess. I don't know. Maybe, but yes, we are going to be talking all about 30 years of Monday Night Raw and going back through the history and trying to jog our memories. We've also got news, notes, all the things tonight on the show. Thank goodness the internet and the wrestling community kept its calm this week. We do not have any super huge major stories to talk about, but we do have some things that we do have to talk about. Um, And we're going to go ahead and we are going to talk about the story of the week. We're going to lead off with it. Um, We're not going to go into specific, but the internet and really the wrestling community as a whole was shocked this week um, because ROH tag team star Jay Briscoe tragically passed away at the age of 38 due to a car accident. So, this happened Tuesday night. Tuesday night? Yeah, it was Tuesday night. We were live. It was in the middle of my stream. No, it was the middle of my stream. Me and Ace. That's right. Me and Ace That's were right. live. We were, we were live, and the news happened. I was like, oh, oh. We were playing Fortnite, so when it happened, I was like, oh. That, that. Yeah, so Jay Briscoe passed away in a car accident. Um, He was the former, the former Ring of Honor, or current Ring of Honor tag team champion AEW has filmed matches for an art for a briscoe tribute show that will be airing on honor club and on the ring of honor youtube at a later date there are gonna be interviews you know the whole kit and caboodle when it comes to a tribute show so it'll be free i know some people wear it would it be you know you have to pay for it now it's gonna be free anywhere that you can get it um so there's that uh yeah it's a hard one there's a lot of people involved a lot of stories involved there's a support it's not a gofundme but it's like one of the gofundme things that it's up there you could check a lot of the wrestlers twitters for the direct link um they're trying to raise money for the family and for all the medical bills and the what have yous their goal is a hundred thousand last i looked they were like 20k away but that was hours ago so who knows if they passed it or not so if you want to go find it it's out there public knowledge hopefully we hope everyone that can come out of this tragedy comes out of this tragedy yeah it's it, there is no other way to describe it other than it is just tragic. Um, prayers to his family, prayers to everybody involved. Like Rock said, go to the GoFundMe link, give what you can. Every every cent, every dime, everything that they can get for this will help because there are going to be huge medical costs that are going to have to be offset and they'll, they are going to need a lot of help. So anything that anybody can do, please Please go donate. Please go help his family. What, whether you love him or whether you hate him, what, whatever your opinion is, he was a he was a human being with a family, and his family is going to need help. They're yeah, they're going to need lots and lots of help. So so please just go if you can do help, the thing, help and do yeah, do all the things and the what have yous. Um, should make note WWE mentioned his passing on NXT. They changed a segment that was going to be a lot darker and then was more upbeat um because of the situation that had transpired and yeah and honestly i applaud them for doing that yeah i'm i'm honestly been very impressed with how wwe's been handling it's just weird but handling death and tragedy in the community and they've done Mm -hmm. a lot better job of including things that happen outside of their universe and have mentioned them in their universe which has been nice to see. We've heard tributes for others, including Don West, a few weeks ago, because Cole did one for him on SmackDown. Part of that on SmackDown. That's it's Hunter and Sean's influence. It's Hunter and Sean's influence, as well as you have a lot of the Impact Wrestling guys that have worked their way up into WWE and are in backstage roles. 
you have ROH folks that are there. So you have people that have come up from the indies and backstage roles that have influence over that as well. But yeah, I I I like that they I more like that they pivoted because they didn't have to. Like that's the thing. They could have aired the segment as they originally intended, but they saw that and they went, mm, Yeah, that's gonna be a bad look. It was we a, need to change. It was gonna be a really bad look. So the fact that they made the pivot, the fact that they they compensated, I have to applaud for that. And the fact that they recognized his passing was very classy. Yeah. Extremely classy. So props to them, props to AEW for the tribute show. I am a little sad that Warner Meteor will not allow it to air. I understand their reasons why. Yeah, they did not let them do a full tribute show last night because of reasons. Reasons. Uh because of statements he made and that's why they Briscoes were never featured on AEW programming at all. Even yeah. even though they're on Bleacher Report pay-per-views, they're not featured on Warner Media Television. That's it's just, so. it's just it's a directive and it was not even in tragedy it was not going to change. And I have people can be upset about it. It's just and I guess it I, is what it is. It is what it is. I know everyone's double standard. Well, did you see what they aired after, you know? Yeah, well, I know what they aired after Dynamite and that was a bad decision too. But <laughs> it's just, What did they air after Dynamite? I didn't see it. It was Power Slap, which is run by <gasps> Dana White. Oh. And you know everything that's around him. Yeah. So <laughs> one, that was an yeah. awful show. That's just, just that's awful. Like it I mean if you're into watching dudes hit each other in the face, cool. Um, but I see the double. We all see the double standard in it. Um, but here we are. But here we are. So, all right, moving on from that. Um, going into WWE news, former NXT UK star Ginny has announced her retirement. So, congratulations to her for that. So she's engaged and retired. You know what's next? Wedding and kiss. <laughs> Yep, yep, that's where we're headed. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent where we're headed. Um, this was an interesting development. So Progress Wrestling and ICW have left the WWE network. It was all amicable. Yeah. But they made the decision to part ways with the WWE Network and start doing their own thing again. And Progress is actually going to re be returning to the U.S. in March. This is kind of a big deal. It is okay. It is and it isn't. Was being on the WWE Network good exposure for them? Yes. But I don't think any driving subscriptions were coming from Progress or ICW content. I don't think so. They had I would, they was, had more exposure when the network was still in here was still here in the States. When it was the when it was on the network network, yeah. Yeah. But with Peacock, but, with Peacock, it's not as much. So it's off Peacock, it's off the network. It's just it's it's not it's not a subscription mover. For them. No. And, I mean, I respect their decision to leave, so hopefully it's nothing but big and beautiful things for them. It's just, it's another thing that has kind of fallen to the wayside of that era where Hunter was going through, and it's like he got progress, and... You got a bunch of the European promotions onto the WWE Network, and you could watch them, and you could see them, and be exposed to them, which was really, really cool. It was a, it was kind of sort of the cliched forbidden door being opened by WWE and allowing this to occur. Same thing with allowing UK talent, European talent, to appear for the European promotions while they were still under contract for WWE for really an extended period of time um so it was it was a very cool period i'm sad to see it in but i understand why understand why and it's also nxt europe is going to be a thing and you can't have other promotions content on your platform if you're going to platform out nxt europe yeah 
it's kind of it's kind of a thing. So this ran its course, and when WWE Europe, NXT Europe takes off this year, at some point, who knows when, you're going to see more content from the, from over there here, and it's just the way it is. Sometimes things have to get relationships, and that's where this one is. So we'll we'll see where it goes. We'll see how it goes. This was an interesting story. This was a weird story. This broke today. Devon Dudley parted ways with WWE. There's a lot of conflicting reports on whether he was released or whether he left of his own volition. Yeah, he said he, he, he left on his own. But he is, in fact, gone. Yeah, he's been working down next. He has a producer and coach and what, what whatever the, the fancy title is. And health has played a part in what he's been able to do and not able to do, like being on the road and, and stuff like that. Um, so now he's he's left the, the company and... We'll we'll see where he goes from there. Um, yeah, he'll probably be back out in the indie scene. He'll, if I had to guess, and this is just me guessing, I, wherever Bully Ray shows up, I would assume Devon will be there to do some things and have signings. And he's already, you know, going to be out there. But yeah, they parted ways. It's he he wanted to do more things, and I think restrictions on being a WWE talent even though he was just a coach, restricted him. So I guess leaving is the best way. He'll probably still go back to his school and do other things like that. And yeah, Devon will be fine. He has an academy, so sign up for an academy. If you ever want to become a professional wrestler, he trains kids and stuff like that. So contact him. It's testified Devon on the Twitters. There you go. Moving on to some of the other news. Santino Morella has signed with Impact Wrestling and he will be on screen as an authority figure. He's already started, so congratulations to him. Yeah, he started tonight as the authority figure for Impact Wrestling. And joining him at Impact Wrestling will be one Frankie Kazarian. He has signed a long-term contract with the company as well. That's an interesting one. (laughs) Isn't it just? So... He was one of AEW's first signings, and him and Daniels and and Scorpio Sky were all key factors in you know coming over together. And then they broke up Frankie and and and, uh, and Chris, and you, you know from bad influence and everything like that. And because best you know best in the business, three syllables. Um, and then they kind of had nothing really for him, and he kind of worked an AEW gimmick. And then when AEW and Impact were working together, he worked. He was sort of the AEW representative of working Impact. And I guess because it would be three, what is it, three years, four years now for AEW, whatever it is, his contract time, three, be three years when they signed the contracts. Contracts up in January. He had discussions with WWE, which were good apparently. But Impact's his home, and he's going back, and he'll be a mainstay there, even though he's because he's been there working there for the last few months, and now it's it's official, official. He's in Impact Wrestling, former guest of the show. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's back in Impact, and uh, see where it goes from there. We'll see where it goes there. So congratulations to him, and hopefully, I hope it's a fruitful deal for him. Yeah, hopefully. And last but certainly not least, Rebellion will air live around the world from the Rebel Entertainment Complex in Toronto, Canada, on Sunday, April 16th. They're back in Canada. Yeah. Big return for Impact Wrestling in Canada. So get oh, your, Canada. Go get your tickets now to see the stars of Impact Wrestling in Canada. They're there for the pay-per-view and then the TV taping the following day in the same building. So get your tickets. I think they're on sale now, or will be very, very soon. Ding. And with that, we're done with the news. Awesome. Um, oh, oh, wait, no. Uh, no, no, we no. have one more. We have one more. Damn it, I tried. I'm sorry. So All I, right. I think... Hit the bumper. Hold on, hold on. Before we do that, I think from now on, we should move that down so we see it every time. <laughs> well, we went for a really long stretch. 
where we didn't where we have didn't any. have any. Yeah. So now that we have some, we'll we'll hit the bumper. Bones breaking, backs cracking, shoulders snapping. It's this week's injury roundup. So we have a Stephanie McMahon update. She's gone from WWE, but she she's still out there. She's still doing things. She's not kicking as hard because, well, she has a broken ankle. Hashtag blame Brent. And so she had to go have surgery on it this past week. Yeah, like she, she left on Tuesday, had surgery on Friday. Don't know how she got injured. Did she kick a wall <laughs> or something? Who knows? But, uh... She kicked... She kicked her father in the ass. No, I'm kidding. Maybe though. Maybe. maybe who knows? Maybe who knows? Who's disre? Who, why are we disrespecting your segment? We're not disrespecting. Your I segment. just said move it down so the eyes can see it better. That's all I said. That's all I said. May change the format so we see it so we don't forget about it. We want to make sure you're you're seen, Brent. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure you're seen so we don't forget you because this is the second time we forgot. <laughs> This year. This year. Like, and like I said, it's just we went for a long period where you didn't hurt anybody. And now you're hurting people. So just stop hurting people a little. I mean, just just chill. It's fine. Nobody needs to get hurt. You don't need to do anything. You can just, you can just relax. It's fine. Hashtag no no days off. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Good. Make it known. Make it known. Okay. Are you home from work yet? Speaking of make it known, are you home from work yet? He's going to answer us and say no. So we're just gonna yell at him. Three, two, two, one. That's it. I'm headed home now. Okay. And good. We're headed to the break. Yeah. Drive safe. So when we come back, we are gonna be talking all about Raw Triple X. Thirty years of Monday Night Raw. Oh my God. And we're gonna be sharing some of our favorite memories from the show. So you're listening to Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we will be right back. Are you following us on twitch.tv slash WTR live? Do you have Amazon Prime? If so, you can link it to your Twitch account and subscribe to our Twitch channel for free with Twitch Prime. It's the easiest way to help support us for free. This just into the CB Radio News Desk. CB Radio is moving. Sources tell us that CB Radio is moving to a brand new start time. Wait a minute, sources tell you what? Sources tell us that CB Radio is moving to a new start time of 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Are these the same sources that said that Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't a bear? Confirmed. I don't know if we can trust it. Trust the sources, CB Radio is now going to be live every Saturday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. on the Pacific. But what about midnight-ish? Still midnight-ish Atlantic time. That's a relief. We are still your only excuse to be home on a Saturday night. Just earlier. Every Monday night, once Monday Night Raw ends, the Raw Post Show goes live. You want to hear a story? Give me a hell yeah! Join Lindsay and Sir Rockin' as they give their opinions on what they liked. What? What they didn't like. What? And what left them completely confused. What? It's the Raw Post Show. What? Monday nights. What? 11 p.m. Eastern. What? Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. 
And that's the bottom line. Go Stone Cold Simpson. Like what you hear? Subscribe to The Rack on Apple Podcasts. Just search for The Rack Radio Show. And while you're there, leave us a review and tell us your thoughts on your favorite show on a Thursday night. Did you know you can use support a creator code ROCKNSOCK in the Fortnite item shop? That's R-O-C-K-N-S-O-C-K in the Fortnite item shop. That's a hashtag ad, because we are a hashtag epic partner. WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and you're listening to Rack Radio. Right here on wildtalkradio.com, brought to our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out at youtube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on rackradioshow.com, wildtalkradio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, well, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. You can also subscribe the regular way, follow the channel, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you. Anyway, we can get you. And with that, we have Tweet of the Week. Well, I used to be the kind of person spending time on my space until the spammers ended up taking over my place. And I was so bitter until I found Twitter. Oh, a place where you can go ahead and write what you feel it. 140 characters or less is what you give it. My addiction starts to climb. I go to refresh my timeline because I won't stop tweeting no more, no more. It cannot wait, I'm sure. All righty. So, Ren Teacho tweets out, I didn't know the abyss. This is a Genshin Impact thing, by the way. I didn't know the abyss had a ceiling. And it shows a video of their character getting booted up to, in fact, the ceiling of the abyss. Corey, glad to see Zhongli fell for you. Guess it's up to, to you for stealing the deal. She responds, I seem to have hit a wall in our negotiations. Then Corey follows it up with, you gotta crumble it. Christy Kate, who's the voice of Chi-Chi in Genshin Impact. Hey, Corey, I have a silly joke. The trailer with Chi-Chi broke the internet, but not her back. Probable response, facepalm gif. Corey, I grade this a zombie plus. Really? Christy, yeah, really. Really, really, like, really... 
So let me explain. Chi-Chi is a zombie in Genshin Impact. That's ge- that's a generally good response. And he, Corey is the voice of Goru, who is a general. He responds with, I can probably pull some more out of my box of adeptal tricks. Christy K, that sounds like something Chi-Chi would, uh, I forget. You told me to go find tweets. I did. I went and found tweets. You did. Proud of you. Is that it? That's it. That's all I have. Linda Cohn. At least someone on the Dolphins can catch. <laughs> Any Nesbitt. Jerry Jones going nuts over beating an 8-9 and nine team in the playoffs is just so Cowboys. I mean, yeah. Matthew Barry. NFCs. Philadelphia. Divisional round. New York Giants. Divisional round. Dallas Cowboys. Divisional round. Washington. Eight active investigations and lawsuits. All factual statement. I mean, not a lie. And NFL memes. Tom Brady really ruined his family to lose to Mitch Trubisky. An XFL quarterback, Jacob Brissett, Desmond Riddle, who the hell is that? And get waxed by a team that went 1-5 on extra points in the wildcard round. Was it really worth it? That's the question. Was it really worth it? I have to question that. I don't want to, like, dog Tom Brady, but there were some choices made. He made some choices in his life. and I, I don't know if they were worth it. I hope they were worth it. I hope they were worth it. I mean, the choice to go into crypto scam, that was dumb. But that's beside that's that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, ruining thing. I just worth it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But that's tweet of the week. That is in fact tweet of the week. So with that, let's talk all about raw thirty. So Monday and the memories. And moments that, that are there. Yeah. So 30 years of Monday Night Raw. Oh, good Lord. 30 years. You it's feel old. old. I feel very old. Like, when Raw 1000 happened, it was like, oh, God, it's been, it's happened, and that was a thing. Do you remember when Raw 1000 was? Like 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> Only eight. <laughs> eight and a half. COVID, COVID has fucked my timeline, just so everybody's aware. 2012 was Raw 1000. From that point on, Raw became three hours. Boy, do we regret that. Do they regret that? I mean, maybe, because it's hurt the show, but at the same time, they've made a lot more money because it's three hours. When Raw started, though, Raw was one hour taped. Not live, but taped. Then you would get Raw live once every four weeks or something like that, and then you had three weeks of tape shows or and what have you, and then Raw became a two-hour show. Which is live once every other week because they would tape Raw the next night. I always found it funny when they were promoting it, right? Come see your favorite WWE superstars and television cameras tomorrow in X Town, but never say it's a Raw taping, <laughs> but just come see them for all. Come see all your favorite WWF superstars and the television cameras will be there. Come see all the action. But that was always the favorite thing. And then. Raw became live uh, the summer of 1999, full-time, when SmackDown became a thing, and SmackDown would then become the thing, hey, come see your favorite WWF superstars, when the TV cameras will be there. Um, Not actually SmackDown taping, just come see your favorite WWF superstars. Um, And then it's live every week, 50-something weeks a year. This year is about 51, because they took one week off. And have things happened? Like, Have things changed? <sighs> They were filming in small buildings back in the day. You'd, the set was just, you know, a little, little. at first was a curtain and they just walked through and then it became the three big letters, R-A-W. Then we got, you know, the, God, it was a big deal when Raw, it was like, so Raw went, went through some issues in late 96, early 97. It was tanking. Things were bad. They were losing the war. 
everyone was leaving, and Vince needed a change, and he changed Monday Night Raw. Raw went from WWF Raw, Monday Night Raw, to Raw is War, and the War Zone. They were two distinct hours, because, you know, that you just had to describe the second hour as the War Zone, and then we quickly dropped that when we went to war years later. But, that's beside the point. <laughs> then became the Raw Zone, which was a dumb name, but they had it, they kept it for um, television reasons. To distinguish the hours. Um, but when they debuted, we went from the R.A.W. And then the debut of, like, a Titantron. Yeah. The big, the, the big screen. And then and a, and a big steel ramp. And, like, it changed the whole look of the show. And it, you had fire, more pyro and everything. So we went from small buildings and they were in bigger buildings. But it's like, you had to shape it differently. Now with the big sets, like, it's bigger buildings, pyro. Gotta go all out. And then over the years, the raw set has changed. Like, you have, you always get the Titantron, but... The, We've evolved from how it looked and everything like that. We went from red ropes to black ropes to white ropes, back to red ropes to back to white ropes. We were red, white, and blue for the longest time at at periods. Um, But the set's evolving. Like, we went from one screen, and then, like, in the the 2000 era, we had the big Titantron and the two video walls on the side for a couple of years. Because I always remember, like, with with the McMahon Helmsley era, you had Hunter on one side, Steph on the other. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> and then we got the, the uh, Bischoff era with um the different, like, the, it was like the, how would you describe it? Like the rectangle version of the, it was, uh, it, it was like. It was kind of like a, like a. What's the shape? Parallelogram? To, yeah, that. It where was, it was like, it, it was slanted, like it's a rectangle, but it's slanted. Yeah. That was a nice set. I like that one. I liked it too. It was silver. Like, it was nice. Like, out of all the sets they've had, that's been one of more, my more favorite sets. And now we've gone from all that, just, you know, your standard sets to everything. An LED screen. <laughs> it's one giant screen. Or many, you, many pieces. But you have to applaud them because they've they've uh, they've always kept with the times in terms of the set. Mm-hmm. Where the sets have followed, you know, basically becoming more slimmed down, more trimmed down, more clean, more polished. Until we've gotten to the point where we are, where it's a giant screen essentially but what they can do with those screens especially with the augmented reality and the 3d objects that they can put in on tv and all the other things that they can do for the entrances has really just helped to keep the product very 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 fresh because you go back and you look at some of those sets and you're like yeah they were cool they were neat but they had their time they aged they age you look at the set now and it's like it's it's much more simple it's much more clean and just the potential for it is huge yeah you can do a lot more with it Though some say, oh, everything looks the same, but that's the point. Everything should look the same. It should look Everything clean. needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So that, that, oh, so that was things that changed, and we've been going through it tonight. The music of Monday Night Raw has changed over the years. God, the song we just came back to, God, I missed that. Across the Nation. Mm. That was, that was a good one. Oh, okay. No offense to the music they use now, but it's music in 2023. Music in 2023 is not as good as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Or even thirty or forty, um, but like the 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 upbeat songs that would get you like the rock songs that get you in the mood for watching wrestling. Now the, the, the opening intro just is like, eh. There's no hype to it, you know. But that's music now, you know what I mean? But yeah, across the nation, and there, I'm gonna say Nickelback's "Burn It to the Ground," really good song for wrestling. It got you excited to watch the show because it was catchy. None of what we hear now, like the last couple songs they've used, it hasn't been catchy. They've been okay, but they're not catchy. They're not not driving it home, you know what I mean? As they once did. But that's music and that's style that's changed and and what have you. Um, But then there's the show. The show itself. 
all the memories. I want to talk about one, or start with one and then lead into one you were there for. So many a moon ago, this was, I think, 97, ECW was gearing up for its first ever um, pay-per-view. And they started to invade WWF Raw. And you had Heyman there, and, and he was going into a feud with Jerry Lawler, yet guys jumping the rails and, and, and everything like that. They invaded a couple of times on Raw. And, like, it was trying to get, trying to get, because no one knew, but Vince was footing the bill for some of ECW. And, it, like, seeing guys like Sabu and Taz, when Taz was Taz, and Sabu and Taz were Sabu and Taz having their feud and whatnot. And that was cool. And it, it was, like, it was different. It was WWE's way of trying to get an edge and, and stuff like that, bringing the attitude in. So that's one time ECW invaded Raw. Then there's the time Lindsay was at Raw. Yeah. I remember this. So this was 2001. The WWF invasion angle had begun. You know, we've seen the invasion with Lance Storm was the one who kicked it off, and he was the first WCW guy to show up on Raw, and he's one or super, he super kicked somebody and whatnot, and he became the invader and everything like that. And then Booker T showed up, and and all these guys showed up week after week, and Booker T, you know, was the first guy, first WCW guy to appear in the Madison Square Garden, the hollow grounds of WWE, and and Vince McMahon and whatnot. So, couple, so it's all this is going on, and everyone's getting up in arms about the 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 invasion and how WW, WCW needs stars because they didn't have them because they all came in a year later, <laughs> which was true. I was tangent for a second when um when WCW because this will tie in everything in is one the infamous Shane McMahon now owns W I now own. WCW. The name on the contract reads McMahon, but it reads Shane McMahon. Um, Happening, and that was so crazy. Like, everybody was sitting there, and they're like, wait, what? Because, like, Shane McMahon was at Nitro. He was there. <laughs> Which was in, in in some club in Florida, because it was the spring break one. Yeah, it was like the final bash at the beach or something like that, right? No, it was just, it was spring, it was just WCW spring break show. So they were at some club, because they would go club whatever, I forget what it was in Florida. Um, because they would go there every March, right? And they had the the ring around the pool and everything. Um, or the pool over the, the ring over the pool. Um, but they would go there, and that just happened to be the week. And Shane McMahon and WWF crew shows up, and we now own you. <laughs> Lol. I remember WWF.com. It was like WWF owns WCW. What the f- hell is going on? Um, so WCW needed stars because Goldberg and and um, the Steiners and the NWO, the Poison. I'm gonna lethal dose of poison and whatnot. Um, <laughs> fitting, uh, happened. But so WCW needed stars. So it's like, well, we're gonna change up this invade. This is this invasion and this, you know, storyline. And we're gonna add some people. Well, here comes Tommy Dreamer and Rob Van Dam. <laughs> they show up on Raw. They're the ECW invaders, right? And then. You have there, so they're beating down. They come in and they're starting to beat down um, Jericho, and I think it was Jericho and Kane at the time. I think we're in the ring because the WCW guys bailed, so it was like Kane and Jericho in the ring, and then RVD and and um, Dreamer come out and they start beating, start attacking, and then there's you have JR on commentary screaming, "We need people to come out or whatever," and all these WWF guys come out, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's Taz, the Dudley Boys, and 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 what and, and Rhino and Raven and just incredible, and and then you know, and Lance Storm or I think was there, and yeah, I think Lance Storm was in the tag match because he made the turn. Um, so they were they, all there. They were all there in the ring, and they and then you you have Heyman screaming on commentary. 
Is this is what you want, Jr.? Is this what you want? Well, I'm going to. We're going to take this and blah blah blah. And then Heyman starts bounding off, drops the headset, and then they all turned. And they started all attacking the WWF guys. Why are they attacking the? Why are they attacking their own teammates? Why are they attacking their own teammates? And then Paul Heyman gets in the ring, does his whole speech, and now this invasion is being taken to the extreme. Being there, and like, it was so kind of surreal, because like, I had gotten up, and I was actually out in like, the, I wasn't in the arena like, watching the show, I had gotten up to go get like, food or something, and as I was walking back, because they all came down the, the the um rampways in the arena like out, out from the concourse and down through the crowd and everything like that like they came to stand up there i remember it because they walked in and it was all of them and they came in through like a side entrance and it's just this mob of people and you're like what the fuck is going on because i remember the dudley boys were in the front yeah so that yeah so that was when they came back because it was like I'm going to take 10 of my guys. I'm going to take 10. You, you, and you take, I'm going to take five of my guys and you take five of your guys. We're going to do a 10 on 10. So all, yet like, all the ECW guys come through the crowd. Like it was so, it was just so fucking surreal, but it was cool. Yeah. Like it was really, honestly, you know what? I'm going to be honest. The, the, it, it got bad at the end, but, but I always kind of liked how they did the, the alliance angle or the uh, invasion angle. I thought it was creative. Got a little long on the tooth. They butchered the end, but like, because world, the, of, I the think concept was cool. The concept was cool. World events kind of hurt that towards the yeah. end because of nine eleven. They had to kind of be somber and, and whatnot. But WWF, WCW didn't have enough stars. This was why no one like. I liked a lot of the stuff they did, like all the angles and stuff. I thought were good for the most part. Stalker page, eh, whatever. But we don't. <laughs> Oh God, that storyline. But the, the, oh God, go. that story. I so before you go. So that the start of that night started with Sarah getting taken out because it was Shane and I think it was supposed to be DDP and um, Shane having a match, but Taker said, no, I'm fighting. So, and then they turned on Taker and then Sarah ate the cutter to start the show. And then he ran away and he like was running around Buckhead on a motorcycle because oh. Taker was trying to find him. Oh, the bike didn't start. <laughs> he had trouble getting yeah, the, the bike. bike didn't start <laughs> and first. he couldn't get away. Like, it eventually went going, but it was like, they were, like Shane had to kick the kickstand. I remember, like, Shane had to kick the kickstand out so Paige could ride off. Because yeah, he was trying to, get yeah. his, trying to do it, but the kickstand was down and he wasn't going where Shane kicked it out. It's like, oh, God. Oh, I... Yay for botches. Woo! But, yeah. But, but, I, go ahead. but I like that because you saw, like, you got to see a different side of, like, talking about him, The Undertaker, and how he was a leader during that. Or they made him appear to be a leader and he was, like, standing up for the company. Like, the most awkward moment, I don't know if it was on Raw or not, but, like, the awkward moment of Vince basically forming his five guy team mm -hmm. and it's like taker kane austin kurt shit who's the fifth jericho jericho and just the the sheer awkwardness in that room at that time i remember that backstage promo and i was it's just what made it's just hilariously funny because i think it was like kurt was gonna touch the undertaker and taker's like no i i think i know what you're talking about because i remember it. it's like kurt's wearing the the, the flag man that i'm trying to be like cool and stuff and taker's like fuck my life yeah Oh, like in, in this whole era, we got Kurt, they Kurt and Austin together. Was oh my god! With the cowboy hats and everything, and them sitting back and everything like together, it, that was that was gold. Um, that, that invasion has its merits of being bad, but it also has merits of being good. And oh, one of my favorite invasion moments. 
Steve Austin Appreciation Night. So, and everyone knows where this goes, but it's like we're all appreciating. They're all appreciating Steve, so they're all wearing Austin three sixteen shirts. And then you have Deborah and her had a cookies, and they had a cake made, and all this stuff for for Austin. And then they do they sing Wind Beneath My Wings, and they change the lyrics for Austin. And they're all singing along. <laughs> That was that's that was great stuff. Um, and then that led to Milkamania because Kurt came down with the milk truck and sprayed them all with the milk, and they're all flopping around and everything. Oh, that, was, that stuff was cool. Like Austin and Taz had a feud going, but Taz really wasn't wrestling much. But Austin and Taz had things had issues. Why aren't you wearing a Stone Cold? Were you too good to wear a Stone Cold shirt or even a WCW shirt? Because um, he would just wear his own merch. <laughs> And that birthed um, Shane Helms into doing things because he became the, started becoming the Hurricane. Yeah, the birth of the Hurricane. Oh God! And then go with the Hurricane. Him and Rock when Rock was Hollywood. Yes, yes. <laughs> the birth of Hollywood Rock. Oh God, yeah, that was that was good. And then that had that came a year after we had the NWO and overall and. And everything like that. And then um, in that era, you had... with when the, Oh, God, the NWO just was a disaster piece at that point. Because um, Hogan and Hogan came in, and they, the first thing, the big angle they did, they what, um, they, they used the limo, and they crashed a rock into a semi-truck. Like, the first night after, oh, yeah, we're, we're, Hogan and Rock challenge each other, and then they do the big angle, sending him into a semi-truck. Because, you, you know, crash TV. Um... <laughs> Like you do. And then Hogan became this big babyface. So the NWO just, him and the NWO wasn't a thing because at WrestleMania he became a babyface. And then the next night he was a babyface. And they started turning him to into the babyface role. And there was that one unfortunate moment on Raw as Hogan was a babyface and Taker drove him around on a bike, back of his bike. Um, Remember that? Uh, that, was a, that? That was a moment. But the NWO fell apart. And they were trying to bring in new members. They brought in X-Pac. And then they had Big Show and even Booker T at one point. And then that brought us the return of Sean. And everyone was like, hey, we're good. I remember Kevin Nash coming out. You know, sometimes, you know, you guys bring in new people or whatever. Let me introduce you to the newest member of the New World Order. And then you hear Sean's music. And Sean comes out. And it's like, wait, Sean's back? Because Sean is Sean, and he had been gone for four years. And every time he's come back, he came back. He was Commissioner Sean for a while, but you know, Sean had his issues and what have you. And then Sean, as we learned in 2001, kind of was going to be brought back. And then they kind of sent him home because he was not in good shape. And he came back a new man in 2002, and then has became you now 22, 20 years later, he is now in charge of NXT. Oh, but him being back and, and everything, and that led to his return and, and what have you. And, and it was like we had DX reform that one night. It's like because well, Hunter was out and he was coming to Raw, and then the end because Nash got hurt because he tore his quad. So the NWO was dead, it was dead on arrival. And so Sean and Hunter did the thing, and then Hunter pedigreed. They were doing the DX skit, and then Hunter turned on Sean, which will be a thing come all time greatest coming soon to Russell Talk Radio. Talk more about that when they do a show. Um, and that led to whole Sean's return, and then we, we had the return of DX years later, and all the cock jokes and whatever. Have you? <laughs> Those were some interesting jokes. Yeah, but, I think it was. There were salami. There were cock. Was that was that when they like brought the chicken to the ring and like? Yeah. Were... Yeah. 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 That whole skip. I mean, if anybody could do twelve-year-old humor, it is in fact DX. My favorite part, like, during the, that, like, the DX cock era where they were making cock jokes about Vince, because Steph was pregnant at the time and about to give yeah. birth. 
So they would always yeah. make reference to Hunter, like, being the father without saying he's the father. Like, there was one problem where Sean's like, if I could only put my finger on it, he just tap it. He, they lo- he looks familiar. If I could only put my finger on it and just stop tapping Hunter's shoulder. It's, you know, the inside joke of, hey, it's Hunter. Is the father of Seth's baby and, or, and, and what have you. Guess what, everybody? They fucked. Yeah. They're actually married. Oh, God. Because at that point, I don't think people knew they were married. Like, I think they knew... People... If you knew, you knew. But if you didn't know... Like, they were TV married. No. Or divorced. No, they were... Yeah, they were TV divorced at that point. And Steph Oh, was... God. But speaking of weddings... Oh. Oh, God. The Steph Hutter wedding? <laughs> Oh my god, that whole shit show where Vince was like staring at her boobs or something like that. Oh, the the vow renewal? The vow renewal where, yeah, they're like, she's faking being pregnant so she can keep Hunter. Mm-hmm. And Hunter like goes through with it because she's pregnant. He's like, oh yay, we're gonna have a baby. And then he finds out, oh yeah, by the way, she's not Linda was like, pregnant. Linda, Linda was like, uh, she's not pregnant. She's just using you. And then there's, oh, god bless Linda. And then like, afterwards, the whole divorce angle with like the dog and the cars and the all the yeah, things. Everything like see what I thought you meant Hunter Steph wedding was the Vegas wedding. Well there's they, the Vegas wedding too. When they interrupted Test and Steph's wedding with the Vegas wedding. You know, this is after the Undertaker tried to marry Steph. Steph got around. Um which led to Chris Jericho having many, many a joke about Stephanie McMahon and her, you know, being a filthy, dirty, bottom feeding trash bag, you know what? Um and that whole relationship was, that was television gold. Oh, God. He could just, he could go on for days with that. And then when she came back and got the boob job, and he just made, like, I remember the one, one time. It was either him or Rock. I forget what, I think it was Jericho. They put up the, the, the of uh, Steph, the split screen of Steph. The before it was and Jericho. After, the before and after. Well, I did feel, like, a little bad for her because that was just a tag degrading. Like, right. how how hard they went after the boot job with her like teasing her and going after her on tv it's like okay all right you can y'all can back up now like it made me feel a little bad for her because it's like yeah no but steph played it off really really well like steph steph just in general on monday night raw and smackdown but mainly raw she's given us some really good like golden like tv moments mcmahon helmsley was great for raw them being charged of the show oh that was fantastic it made the show entertaining, and even the authority, them together on Raw, was great. Uh-huh. For, was great for the show. Years, ten years later after that, was great. Uh, and we've gone, we've gone through on Raw some general managers. Started oh my with, lord! It started when when they split up Raw and SmackDown, and then Flair was in charge of Raw, and then um, Vince had SmackDown, and so Flair had Raw for like three months, and everything. Things weren't going well because of uh, issues with a certain rattlesnake and <laughs> yeah, and and all the NWO stuff and Raw needed a shakeup. So Vince McMahon decided, hey, we're we're I now own everything again, and well, I'm gonna hire some general managers. And Steph got SmackDown, and Eric Bischoff showed up on Raw, be the general manager. He shows up at a backstage skit, and Booker T goes, "Tell me I didn't just see that because he had no idea he was there." He just walked up, saw him, Booker T bugged out, and then he walked out on stage with Vince, and they awkwardly hugged. <laughs> like, they shook, and it was, like, left-handed, right-handed, they didn't know what to do, and they tried to raise each other's hand, it was, it was awkward, and, oh, but Bischoff, say what you will about Eric Bischoff. People have said a lot. 
He was fantastic as general manager. He was one of the best general managers they ever had. Like, Bischoff in general, whether you love him or hate him, he is one of the best TV characters in wrestling, possibly ever. And I remember the significance of Bischoff, like, showing up on Monday Night Raw. Like, how how absolutely huge that was. Because nobody had seen him since before the fall of WCW. Like, he had just kind of, like, fucked off to Montana. And that was what he was going to do. And he wasn't going to be bothered. And then all of a sudden, there he is at Monday Night Raw shaking Vince's hand and you're like what 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 is going on right now and then on top of it he's going to stay and he's going to run the show and yeah he was one of the best general managers they ever had he was and then he got teamed up with Austin for periods where Austin was the co-general manager of Raw and when because it was right in in after a year of just Bischoff he became the co-general manager because they had to do something with Austin because he was still doing things but he couldn't wrestle anymore so they kept him on TV and then Austin got fired like they fired him as general manager and then Austin came back as the sheriff of Raw it was so weird <laughs> that was so weird but and then that that ended um then who came after oh god I don't remember who came after Bischoff I think it was just Vince for a while or or coach it was coach for a while um Mike Adamlier, he was general manager because he sucked on commentary. He became the gen- the general manager of Raw for a few months. Oofa, he was bad. Um, the first it was Eric Bischoff and Steve Austin, Eric Bosch, Bischoff and Mick Foley. Then it was Eric Bischoff, and then it was Austin. Okay. And then you had Bischoff and Long, who was the interim general manager. Then you had Coachman. Yeah. And who came after the coach? Uh, Maven. Oh, that, those, the, yeah, those were just one week things because it. Oh yeah, made himself for one night. Because they, because. Uh, and then it was McMahon, yeah. Yeah, because it was like Maven. It was a Survivor Series thing, so they, whoever won Survivor Series got to be general manager. Like four of them got to be general manager or whatever. Um, but then we had, we had Mike Adamley. We had a computer. <laughs> For the longest time. Oh. That was rough. The anonymous, but it, it worked because we all still remember it. All of us that watched it remember the And I quote. Quotes. The anonymous raw general manager. Says, and we're all like, we're going to throw something at you. Just shut up. Oh, I love the uh, It was annoying, but I love the anonymous raw general manager because it was just stupid. And but like, it works. It worked, because we still remember it. However many years later, 10, 12 years, years later, later yeah. we still remember it. But, and here, here's the the funny part about that. It's like, it was the camera work they did to it, right? Because you had to get up on this. Uh, Michael Cole, take off the headset and go up on this, this podium they had set up. And it's like, he's supposed to be reading off the podium, the, off this computer, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not actually on the computer. He has the cue card right in front of the, Like, they would show it. Like, you could see the cue. Like, they angled it. So they angled it wrong because they angled it from the side. So you could see the cue cards. But if they angled it a different way, you didn't see the cue cards. But when they angled it from the side and he's just talking, you saw he's just looking down, not at the computer, but the cue cards. Oh, that was some good, like, <sighs> Raw's been, ah, oh, Raw had some, Raw's had moments. They've had things. It just, it was, <sighs> it's Monday Night Raw. It's fantastic. It, it, what, say what you will about the, the length and some of the things and angles they do now, but. Raw's been really, really good for years and years, and they pushed the limit with, like, the early stuff with DX. You could not get away with anything they did back then, no. None of it. (laughs) Like, Hunter and Sean showing their bare ass on television with mistletoe. The entire Undertaker cane angle. Yeah. The entire thing. There was no way you would be able to show that on TV today. The Undertaker mankind stuff. 
Mm-mm. There's no way you would ever be able to show that on TV today. Oh God, Austin embalming trying to or Taker trying to embalm Austin. Never, it would it wouldn't be allowed. You still would be able to allow, have Austin in 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 the, in the, uh, the hospital bed hospital room of Vince McMahon and hit him with a with a bedpan and then Mr. Sacco was born. All that stuff that still can work. But embalming, no, we're we're putting people on the for the Undertaker Steph wedding on on a symbol. Um, can't do that anymore. Wouldn't 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 fly so much today. But back then the standards were you could pretty much get away with anything you wanted on cable. Um. <laughs> And at that point, WWE was not necessarily interested in sponsorships or anything like that. They were more interested in just putting together their TV show. And they, the 180 that they've done on the product is just absolutely phenomenal. They had Stacker 2 and uh, 1-800-COLLECT and um, some energy drink that I forget. Yeah, and it was, Surge. That was it. It was Surge. It was whatever Axe-Back had. It was, I think it was Surge or whatever. I think it was Surge. I don't know. I don't remember Surge, but I remember Stacker 2 and I remember um, 1-800-COLLECT because, yeah, they weren't concerned about sponsorships and then they realized how much money they were leaving on the table and they were like, hey, maybe we should, I don't know, clean up our image a little bit and stop being so, you know, just out there yeah. and it worked. And honestly, that is in part what saved WWE was that capability to pivot. And the fact that they went PG, I know a lot of people hate it. We all hated it. It was, it was like, no, we need you to go there. But it was like, no, we have to do this to save this company because wrestling fell off. Once WCW died, wrestling fell off because all that was left was WWE in terms of a major television show. Impact was not really a thing at that point. ROH was not really a thing at that point. They had just gotten started. So all you had for TV was really WWE and that was it. Yeah, cause that, that, and it hurt the product. It did. Um, when they push the line, when WWE wants to push the line, they can push the line with a live sex celebration on, on national television. Oh my god. Oh. They tried. They tried something. It was the thing. I think people saw Lita's boob sensors and what have you. Um, but it was a, at that point they went, we're gonna shift a little, little bit. Um, not as um edgy, and we we kind of pulled back a little bit. But all the Kane wed, we had Kane weddings. We had Edge and Lita weddings. We had Lita and Lita and Kane weddings. We had all these things throughout the years, like wrestling weddings on Raw. Which are my favorite thing ever. We're 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 great. Um. Kane would come from the underneath the ring and, and what have you and it oh just yeah all the things that happened there and then speaking of weddings this transitions to 2012 ish we had the AJ League CM Punk Daniel Bryan relationship that led to the Bryan and AJ Lee wedding which then led to Team Hell No Team Hell No the the skits they did for Team Hell No I adored Team Hell No. I I absolutely adored it. It was one of the best things that Daniel Bryan and Kane ever did. And it was just it was just phenomenally good. Like it was just it was so stupid and it made no sense for the two characters, but it's like you got Dr. Shelby trying to counsel Kane and Daniel Bryan through their anger and bring them together and have them be friends and have them be tag team champions. And it was just really incredibly good. All of it. It was just quality tv like kane goes to group therapy and he summarizes his life it was just and the way it was delivered and the way it was done and just everything gold was top tier great it was great and then trying to hug on tv and the first hug and they went like five minutes trying to hug ah great television and then daniel bryan's quest to hug the undertaker still waiting um no he got it i think he said he got it Okay. Um. So there, there was that. There, like, then we've had debuts. Everything from 
Goldberg showing up, and then going back to the invasion, you had um, the night after the invasion ended, and Ric Flair returns to WWE, and he bought he, I bought their stock. I'm the consortium who bought their stock, and now I own half of w, half of WWF. And the look on Vince McMahon's face when that happened, and he's pulling on the ear, and he's like. Holy, you you know why it's like, but debuts, you go back to Jericho and the, in the Millennium Countdown and Jericho's big debut and oh God, that was, that was television where it's like, is it Jericho? Because it was like the internet wasn't a thing, but the internet started to become a thing. Cause you're well, all, that was one of the, that was one of the first big jumps. He was, was the, he was Jericho. The, he was the jump because everyone jumped to WCW. He's the one, one of the ones that were pushed who jumped back. Or he, he was the second one because X-Pac returned. Um, but he, Jericho, and but this was like a year and a half after X-Pac returned. Jericho made the big splash and they built it up as a big, big to-do, big, you know, everything. Which was really cool. Um, but we had debuts and moments and surprise returns. Anytime the, and every time WrestleMania season came around, Undertaker would return on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Wrestling Christmas. Then he had stare downs. God, the, this everything they did with with um the one time to set up the match between Hunter with, between Hunter and Taker where they just stared at each other, no words, and then looked at the screen. A WrestleMania sign, and yeah. everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah." Remember when Taker stabbed Brock with a pen? Yeah, for thirty. Yeah. Oh, it's just that was great stuff. And then um, Rock's return was all you know. So it was WrestleMania, because the WrestleMania you were going to was 27, and they built it up for a couple weeks that they were going to name a guest host, and then it was The Rock. First time in years he had shown up on, on WWF te- WWE television, and he's, he's back, The Rock's back, and he's here to host WrestleMania. He started the feud with John Cena, and we all know how all the, that stuff went. That, that was a true moment of, holy shit, The Rock is back on in WWE, because his management team at that point told him, no more wrestling. No, no involvement. You're Dwayne Johnson now. You're not The Rock. And then, like, it slowly, like, I remember when it became a thing because it, because his Facebook page, he, he created a Facebook account. It was facebook.com slash Dwayne Johnson or facebook.com slash The Rock, whatever it was. But it became The Rock again. And it was like, it was, you kind of had a, okay, he has a Facebook page and like, okay, he's back in. Imagine that was the big social media having Facebook page. Uh, you know, tout. Tout. God, all the stuff they did with Tal on Raw. Oh, Daniel Bryan's favorite platform. And then it was Shane's return. Again, a moment you didn't think was happening because he had, a, he had a falling out. And then, like, I remember that night where it's like, Shane's coming back. It's like, no. Like, because the rumor, like, there were mumbles on the on the internet, like, Shane McMahon's returning tonight. It was like 20 minutes before the show. Shane McMahon's back. No. No. Because it was a source on Reddit. And Shane McMahon's back. It's like... No. And then, and he then sets up a few to fight the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh god. But yeah, so there was there's god, that was that was, oh, yeah. Um and, and one other debut that we have to mention because for Lindsay, the, the Wyatt family. The Wyatt family debut where Bray Wyatt arrived and they chanted Husky Harris at him and he shut them up in two seconds. Yep. And it was beautiful and it was glorious and then it all went to hell. <laughs> Oh, what the hell? Um, so there, there was that, and then, but I know. That, so there's moments we can. There's the typical moments people go. We can talk about Austin stuns McMahon for the first time. It was the most awkward stunner, which all stunners for Vince was stunners. It was Madison Square Garden, 1997. Vince was still announcer Vince, and he stunned him, and he and he flopped down, and then it just became a thing where he became stunning, stunning Vince, and he stunned Vince for the rest of time. 
Um, <laughs> That's what saved WWE was Austin stunning Vince and DX and just those moments that happened on Raw. Right. And where it... people started to tune in and watch because who doesn't want to, you know, you have any of a boss who wouldn't want to stun them or beat them up or whatever. Like, because they're just that frustrating at times. So the fact that Austin did that for the people that were watching the shows at the time, that was a big deal. That was a huge deal. They they love the shit out of that. Right. And it was like, he stunned the announcer because no one knew, like, the big dark secret was Vince owned WWF, but no one was talking with him. It was a wink and a nod at that point. And then Vince started becoming more, you know, angry towards Austin. And then Mr. McMahon started becoming born and Brett screwed Brett and everything like that. And then we had Austin moments. We had him with the beer truck, which was, you know, the most iconic Austin moment you could probably think of. Um... But before that, you had Austin and Tyson. Tyson and Austin. Tyson and Austin. Where you've been screaming, you ruined it, damn it. You ruined it. Because you, you you might be the baddest man on the planet, but I, but Austin you know, gave him two fingers and, and they pushed and shoved and everything like that. And Vince gets all mad. And then I remember it was like two weeks later, this was all of our DX skits and stuff like that. Where they got one, the, the one where they do the censor bit. The political, what you could say between 9 and 10 and then 10 and 11. And, oh, I was One of those iconic things. Yeah. But it was like two weeks later, it was like, they come out and they're, they're wearing like these, the, the presidential like, you know, campaign, like the red, uh, the blue uh, tuxedo jackets and they have the placards and they're just going Austin Tyson, Austin Tyson, let them fight, let them fight. Like being cheerleaders, promoting it, like wanting to see the big fight going on. Oh, that, that was, that was good. Um. Trying to think what what else, um, but all classic Austin moments. You, you know, Austin was a staple of WC of WWF Raw moments and and what have you. Um, and then we cannot forget if we're talking about Raw moments, Shane McMahon's testicles got um, electrocuted on Raw by Kane. We can't forget that. You can't forget about it because it happened. It was a thing, and then Shane's retaliation was to send him into a a semi. <laughs> And the, the, the dumpster that got lit on fire. Don't forget the dumpster. Dumpster got lit on fire. Oh, uh, Zack Ryder got pushed. Random. Zack Ryder got pushed off off the stage by Kane. Because, um, you know, reasons. Reasons. Thanks, Witchy, for the raid. Appreciate you. Hi, Witchy. Thanks so much. Appreciate you for the raid. Thank you. Um, hope you're doing well. Um, so there's... So, appreciate you. Um, yeah, it was Zack, the Zack Ryder moment. Um, God, him pushing him off the thing. That, that's... It's still funny. Oh, with the... with prejudice too. Like he yeah. he pushed. There was no faking. He pushed. Oh yeah. oh oh. You want to talk about it? Pushing things off the stage. Kurt Angle or um the Undertaker with the scooter. <laughs> yeah, that was good. With Kurt Angle. That was good. Oh oh, forgot about general managers. We had people power. Um, oh Lord, help us, people! The power. white suit and everything, people power. The most, the most vile, evil TV general manager outside of Vince, John Laurinaitis, who many, many, many people want to throw things at in in life. This is true. Oh yeah, if we're talking because people power, remember, reminded me of how could we not forget about one of the most iconic moments in WWE Raw history. The pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. And that whole era of CM Punk taking over and everything like that, and the rise of Punk on Monday Night Raw. That was that was a moment. 
Um, it did change things for punk. Not sure it changed anything for anyone else, but it changed things for punk. <laughs> it's said about an iconic storyline in WWE's history and in punk's history where it was the summer of punk. And punk basically took the title and left. And yep. it was, well, when is punk going to come back? Is he going to come back? Is You know, how are they going to get the title back? You know, this whole... Because had, nobody had ever done that before. And the fact that you pulled that off with punk where he was doing things like going to conventions with the WWE title and being in the crowd for superstar panels where it was all set up for him to do that. Like, it was an incredibly creative storyline. They Again, it was kind of one of those where they screwed the pooch on the end. But the story and the concept was really, really good. Oh, oh yeah. So, speaking of people who took over Raw, Donald Trump owned it for a week. And everyone got mad. Like, advertisers thought, wait, Vince just sold Raw? What? Huh? Who? What happened? Yeah, everybody was a little confused. And they had to, like, change it. But remember Million Dollar Mania or whatever for Vince? Where he was giving away yes. a million? Like, God, the awkward phone calls he would make to people. The the win Vince McMahon's money and nobody knew what to do. They knew what to do and they were making it up and they were making they were calling people and what have you. And then to kill the angle, they did this whole bit where um they the stage broke and the thing fell down on Vince and, and then you you broke Cafe because Vince called Hunter Paul. <laughs> to make it to sell it that was real because, you know, that's Hunter's real name, is Paul. And they call it like they broke kayfabe for it. Um, How can we forget you, you the gonna, limo? You're gonna mention, yeah, <laughs> like the limo explosion. So Vince went insane. He um, he just went insane, and then he blew himself up in a limo. Um, because reasons. This was after he lost the ECW title, I think it was. He became, um, he started going nuts, and he was in a trance, and then he just blew up, and then well, undo it. Be- because we're, it was very specific. Because we reasons. had to hit the re- we had to re- reset and and um, that didn't happen. Um, oh yeah, we'll get to that one right here in a second. And then that led to um, so that storyline turned into an illegitimate son when he when they when he came back, who ended up being Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Oh god, that whole clusterfuck of a storyline. Oh yeah, that 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 God, that was something. Oh, speaking of angles where people got hit with um, injured and taken out and then return and whodunits and who is this? It was the whodunit for um, who ran over Steve Austin and then the infamous moment of his Monday Night Raw. Mick Foley's been doing investigations for weeks and he comes out and I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it for The Rock. And then the mocking of said promo months later that everyone remembers, but. Hey, the point is we all remember it. We, yeah. we can all quote that one line, even if it's only in jest. We all remember that line. Mm-hmm. I did it for the people. I did it for the rock. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, okay, so Brent brings up the raw walkout and the skeleton crew and we're going to put on the show and whatever. And it was just Hunter was the ref. Punk was the commentary guy. And the timekeeper, and he got to wear, you know... The, the, he the, got to wear Hunter's blazer. blazer. I get to wear the blazer. Um, No, I'll even let you wear my blazer. I can wear your blazer, you can wear my blazer. Yeah. And it was Cena and... Because they made somebody. Taker come back. Because, no, what it was, what that was, was the this, volcano. No, no, no. Where... No, this was the walkout angle. That The skeleton crew with Taker is a different one. The, walkout... the blazer one is, is the, the volcano. No. Because they... Yes, yes, it was the volcano incident because that's where they all got trapped in Europe and they literally had to scramble and get everybody they could. 
that was in the U.S. at the time to Monday Night Raw because there was almost a possibility that they were going to have to cancel it because nobody knew what to do because like Vince and everybody were trapped in Europe because of the volcano. And so because they made Taker come back because remember he showed up and he had his like his hair wasn't done and no, like, you, you're, all... you're mixing two 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 episodes together because the blazer was different. The blazer was different. I swear to God, the blazer was the volcano. No, it was different because it was like they weren't trusting Hunter, so everyone walked out the week before on Hunter because the the, to... the volcano was a different one. Brian can look up the date because this one was in October of whatever year it was. The volcano was different. Fall too. Hold on. But yeah. But the blaze, no, because everyone walked out on Hunter. Was there no, we, we, there's no, you know. And then Vince came back, and then Vince brought everyone back in and put everyone back to work because Hunter couldn't. Because it, it was Johnny Ace was trying to demean Hunter's power and whatever, and got everyone to turn against him. And then Vince stepped back over control, and Hunter was no longer in control of Monday Night Raw because he had lost control. Because everyone walked out. Because that was when all the referees were getting injured and and whatnot. Volcano was different. Because I remember that, because they had an actual crew that night. I think what you remember with Punk, Punk might have been commentary in general, because I think he was hurt, which may be why it's it's different. But I know that, that was I know which April one you're talking. May? I I know which one you're talking about. April 2010. Yeah, so they were two. They were two different ones. Yeah, they had to pull people in from SmackDown to fill the Raw show because Raw was stuck over in Europe. Um, I swear to God, I've always and this is how my brain works that it just it does shit like that. Yeah, it, but it I was, swear to God, that was the volcano. No, it was two different ones because this was October because it was because they were doing the stuff with our truth and um, Miz and they were like causing havoc and what have you. And that led to um, Miz and our truth versus Dwayne and and Cena at, at Survivor Series. But the, this, but the, the Hunter walk out, the Hunter walk, everyone walking out on Hunter was different than the volcano one. And just them having to pull people in, it was like, yeah, they brought in Taker because Taker was. Didn't do the SmackDown, didn't do the tour, so he was brought in and they had to figure it out, which they've done many of time on on both shows where they've had to, because reasons. Emergency um, break glass. Mark! Which Mark, which, come which, back! We need you! Which they're doing, it was Seamus and Cena, yeah. Which they're doing this Monday, they're bringing back Tigger. Yeah, but this time he'll have his hair did. He'll have his hair did, yeah. Hopefully he'll have his hair did. But yeah, so raw. It's just 30 years of memories. And, and we'll we'll hopefully get thirty thirty more years of memories. Good lord. Um. I mean, I mean, you have to you have to applaud WWE and just the lasting power of Monday Night Raw and the fact that it has made it 30, 30 years. It is the longest running episodic television in the history of weekly episodes. The weekly episode, the longest running weekly episodic television show in in history is the what they call it. I mean, that is an accomplishment that should be applauded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so congratulations to them on 30 years. So with that, I think we're done. I think we're done. Think so you guys have to plug, so plug away. I think that's a lot of Raw. A lot of Monday Night Raw. But that will do it. For the Raw Pusher live... Or Raw Pusher. Oh God. For the Rack Live right here on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Be a part of the Royal Rumble Entry Contest. All you gotta do is say the phrase... I'm in. And you're in. Dibs on 30. <sighs> there are no dibs. Dibs on 30. There are no dibs. Dibs on 30. Not a thing. Say I'm in and you can be a part of the Royal Rumble Under Contest. The Rolling will have live this Sunday during WTR Sunday at Russell Talk Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern. 
Before we get to the Russell Talk Radio on Sunday, CB Radio will be live 11.30 p.m. Eastern. There is no Fortnite on Saturday. I'm watching football. But we'll be live once the football game ends at 11.30, or if it goes a little longer, then we'll be live right after the game. Because football. The Eagles are in the playoffs. He must watch. I am watching football. It's a thing. Sundays, WCR Sunday, Russell Talk Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern, Royal Rumble Entry Contest. We'll be there. Have the thing. They'll preview Royal Rumble this Sunday on WTR Sunday night. Monday night's Raw Post Show. We'll be live after Raw 30 to review it all and tell you everything that happened. We'll be back next Thursday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. To preview the Royal Rumble and programming note, we'll be live following the Royal Rumble a week from Saturday to talk all about it for the Rack, re- the rack Reviews the Royal Rumble. So there you go. Track Radio Show on all social media platforms or wherever you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. Just search the Rack Radio Show. It's at Wild Talk Radio on Twitter. It's Facebook.com. It's Wild Talk Radio Network. If you have that Amazon Prime link to your Twitch account, help Prime Game. You can support the channel by clicking the purple rectangular button below the screen. You can also use Code Code Rock and Sock or Lynn's M. Ward in the Fortnite Dime Shop or Epic Game Store when you buy your battle passes, your skins, Marvel's back in the shop. Or buy your Primo Gems, or what have you. Because we are hashtag Epic Partners. You can follow me on most of the social medias at Ward, L-A-N-S-W-R-D. You can follow me on Twitch. Everybody, if you're into Genshin Impact 3.4, dropped on Tuesday. There was crying, there was screaming, there was begging, there was pleading as we rolled for Al Haytham and the weapons. So go check out the VOD if you're interested in that. I'm going to try to get a video up soon. Um, but money was spent and Dendro Daddy and his sword did come home. Um, but this weekend I will be doing the new content quest as well as Lantern Right stuff. All the fun things that have come in 3.4. I will be streaming them this weekend. Check out my Twitter to get notified of when I'm going live. Or you can go follow my channel, channel twitch.tv slash lensward, to get notified of when I'm going live on Twitch. You can also check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at symbol lensward, or just look for lensward on the YouTubes. Good news, I have finally made my Twitch panels. I have finally updated my Twitch panels. So please, for the love of God, stop tweeting me about my fucking Twitch panels. They're done. Okay? Alright, are we good? I even made a banner just to ensure nobody bothers me. Hey, did you know I can make 2D, 3D logo, VTuber, model, overlay, streamline, merge, emotes, and sub badges, cartoon art, 2D, 3D animation, intro, outro. I, no, go away. Go away, bots. Go away. I'm good. I'm good. I've got all the things. We're good. I've got all the things. If you're, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna offer to make my stuff, please just at least follow my channel. I would appreciate it. Anyway, I get that's D- not I, there. I get DMs every other day about it. It's fun. It's great. It's fun. Fun content. No, I cannot update my panels. But yes, go go like, subscribe, follow me on YouTube, ring that bell. My reaction videos to the Al Haytham trailer and the Zhao trailer are up for your viewing pleasure. So please go check those out. And if you're on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash mbgfilms, youtube.com slash mbg1211 um, for all of Matt's amazing, wonderful content. So with that, Rock and I are going to go. You've been listening to Rock right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we'll talk to you later. Bye!
WildTalkRadio.com.